Hello everyone, it's Jace back with another indie developer interview and on the line today I am joined by another perfectly nice chap, uh, Mr. Paul Marable, Flump Studios. How you doing, Paul? Oh yeah, good. Tired, but good. Yeah, getting towards the end of uh, releasing your new game, which is one of the reasons we got you on. Um, so if you could start off, uh, for people who don't know you, tell us about yourself, about um, what you've been up to in terms of making games before this and then we'll move on to your new game, if that's alright. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I am an indie developer from Leamington Spa, and uh, one of the many. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, Silicon Spa. There's a few of us. <laughs> um, yeah, and just I've been making. Well, I've been making games for about 25 years now, but like um, I started when I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've only released. I um, started releasing about five years ago under the name Flum Studios. Um, released a few. This will be our third game on Steam, or my third game on Steam. Um, Supergirl Hornet Resurrection was there one on there, and yep. Pressured, and they, they were okay, but uh, the new ones are um, uh, the best thing I've done. Excellent, yeah. Um, and you also uh, put out Pester on the uh, three, six, Xbox 360 um, indie marketplace yeah, as well? Yeah, Pester, that's probably one that's probably did the best on there, actually. I think that sold the most. In fact, I'm, gonna re- I'm remaking that, because it got re- All right. uh, recently. Oh, brilliant. So that'll be remade in full 3D. Should be my first 3D oh, game. 3D? I know, it looks special. I feel modern. <laughs> well, I'll look forward to that one. Um, so moving on to the um, topic at hand then. You are minutes or hours or days away from uh, full release of Horizon Shift. Yep. Um, so do you want to tell us uh, briefly about the game and then I'll, I'll think of some questions to stump you with after ok yeah how do I explain it best it's like a, a pseudo vector jumpy shooting up and downy game <laughs> <laughs> I think that knows. that's a good description <laughs> yeah. I like it you're, you're basically um, a ship in the middle of the screen you've got a, a line to protect against um, falling enemies and you can just switch between shooting up and shooting down uh, and then you've got a jump and a double jump to make sure if anything gets on your line and runs across you can jump it um, all games all good games have got a double jump everyone knows yeah. this yeah I, I originally didn't have and as soon as I put it in I was like oh, that's what it's missing <laughs> it made a massive difference well, I've um, I've been playing the game. You did give me a beta code the other week, so um, I've been I've been getting a few hours under my belt uh, playing the game, and it's my ideal sort of game. People who listen to the podcast know that I don't give two hoots about stories in games. Uh, games for me should be all about gameplay and uh, testing yourself against the hardest things you can possibly do on games. Uh, so for me, this is fantastic. It's um, it's difficult, mate. It is, yeah. I think, I think this is the easiest game I've made. Really? Yeah, but it's weird because it's uh, the mechanics are hard to get your head around at first because like jumping upside down is weird. Yeah, definitely. I think um, having, as you say, the horizon, the line across the middle to uh, protect is just made, just differentiates it from from uh, lots of the shooters. I don't think anybody else has done that, and that's that's really good that you've got your own little um, your own little stamp on there. But like I say, enemies coming from multiple directions and uh, trying to orientate yourself um, and and keep yourself on the best side to avoid bullets, to avoid enemies, and to and to take out the ones that are coming. It's um, it certainly makes your brain active. There's a lot going on. I know that. It's, it's, I think uh, I need about four pairs of eyes at any one time. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing I feel that people get used to. After, they get used to it after a week is noticing when things are on the other side. When you first play, you only focus on what's where you're firing. 
and then you forget yeah. about the other side. And then from like seeing it at shows, when people are playing it for a little bit, when it clicks, then all of a sudden they can like start to get quite far in the game. But it's just like that first getting used to that mechanic. I think that that kind of makes it a bit more fun than just the normal. Single. It does, and, and, and it's the other thing as well, um, where you've got enemies appearing outside of the main play area, so you've got your play area in the middle, which where all the action goes on, but the enemies are actually encroaching from the, the very borders of the screen, uh, and even coming through the UI elements as well, coming through the scores, and um, coming through the, the bars at the bottom, so you, you've, you've got that peripheral vision of where the enemies are coming from, and that's, uh, that's a nice little touch, actually, I'm enjoying that. Yeah, I think that helps. It's, it's weird how... Well, because well, we've been making games for a while, it's the little things that you miss when you first start making games. Like yeah. that peripheral vision thing. You forget a lot of stuff isn't where you're focusing. Yeah, Makes sense. Um, so, how did you come up with the the protecting the, the line idea? It must have come from somewhere. Was it from yourself or was somebody that gave you an idea? And it was kind of, it, it kind of built itself. Is okay. That's how I kind of put it. I made, it's come from an old game that I started making in XNA, which was kind of like um, Space Invaders, but with a ladder. And then when you got a good score, you jumped up to the next step. And then you got okay. hit, you jumped down, and if you went off the screen, you died anyway. But that's how it started. And I was, instead of having a ladder, I just moved one of those steps to the middle. Yeah. And then, I just at the beginning, it just had asteroids. And I was like, well, the asteroids have got to do something. And I was like, well, the best thing would be to blow the thing away. And then it slowly just built itself. <laughs> it just kind of just uh, just built, made itself really, and I kind of guided it. That, uh, yeah. You you were you were merely the conduit then. Yeah, exactly. It. it just built itself. Yeah. I think I think Elvis's spirit built it. <laughs> I'm not too sure about that, but fair enough. Um, <coughs> so one of the other things uh, which is real nice to to get your head around while you're playing the game is the fact that some of the enemies will break off sections of this line that your ship is attached to um trying to manage that is uh quite difficult <laughs> what can you tell us about that bit paul um i don't know yeah that was kind of the, the way the enemies attack the line that was kind of i suppose that was actually inspired by tempest yep. you know how when they get yeah when they get to the top they attack it um but yeah, i've had to think of a way of it actually working in that kind of uh, flippy, uppy-downy space. Yep. And that's kind of where it come from. Because you've got three enemies. You've got the blue ones, which smash the line, and then you've got, I think it's bags. I'm colourblind, so I can't can remember the colour of them. I think you've, you've got red ones that run across it, and then oh, yeah, you do, yeah, green yeah. ones that shoot. And uh, like a big part of it is, once you get used to it, is knowing which three enemies do what. And it's uh, mm-hmm. kind of like, ma- like um, about managing what to attack next that's it and and certainly on some of the levels where um you, you can't you know you're not going to get across to uh take out one of the enemies that's going to smash part of the line i kind of um then let them take out that area and they can they can attack that area as much as they like and i'll concentrate on protecting as much as i can maybe the the, the left half or the right half of that line and, and make that my little stronghold so uh there's there's different management strategies and obviously you with the jump mechanic you can you can jump across to other bits that have been taken away so um yeah there's this i think there's very much uh, a lot of scope to play it your way and to uh to really manage it in the best way that suits your play style would you agree yeah that's what i was going for as well is 
tried so many so many different ways to play. Because a lot of people miss the, the actual scoring mechanic, which is quite in depth. But I wanted it so that you could pick it up and play it and just shoot stuff. And then if you wanted to go into it deeper, you can read the advanced tutorial, work out how it scores, which is a bit more complicated. Basically, every time something is either sitting on your line or smashes it up, then you get your multiplier up. And then that, and that multiplies on the combo score that you've got from taking out numbers of enemies. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got, say so if you've got like five panels missing, then your multiplier is five. And then every time you shoot someone, that goes into your chain, and then your chain builds up. And then when you release a bomb, that banks your chain and puts it into your score, and then resets the whole screen. Yeah, I'm still getting to grips with that. I think um, I've managed uh, the moment to chain all the way to the second boss, um, and then I make a stupid error usually and lose all those points. So it's it's getting that sweet spot where you want to uh, bank those points away. Yeah, that's what those. You know, what, things are getting a bit hairy. That's what I'm going. That's why I really would, I like the feeling of engaging that risk, risk reward system, and then like, yeah, the, um, the the. I think the bomb's a bit over the top, but I try to make it over the top so it's like a real relief that, you know, once you've banked, everything's clear, and then you bank that score. Yeah. It is all... and that, that seems to work for me. I've, I've, I've certainly um, kind of picked up on that mechanic, and uh, I'm trying to make the best of it I can. I haven't quite worked out whether it's best to, to bank the points early and then and then start with a fresh slate. I'm still working on that bit, but um, that, that's that's all part of the, the enjoyment of the game for me, really. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you picked up on it because I know a lot of people miss that. Because yeah, because I'd kind of be the same. Because I would just go, if I was playing that game, I'd skip all the tutorials and just go straight into it. Well, that's what I did. But I'm very much a leaderboard chasing kind of person. So I'm all about um, mechanics and score and stuff like that. So I, I did pick up on it quite well. Um, tell us about the different modes in the game because I know you've got uh, different ways to play it. So I've been experimenting a little bit with some of those. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to give it as much because these kind of games can get a bit boring after like an hour or so. I'm not saying this was boring, but you know what I mean. Any kind of sell the product, Paul. It's the best <laughs> game ever, obviously. <laughs> but no, when I'm playing other games similar, if I, similar games, if I was going to play it for like an hour or two hours straight, I'd probably start to get a bit bored. So, and once you've completed it as well is a bit boring so I wanted like loads of ways to play it the main two are like the classic arcade which is just like you know get two lives fight your way through and get some checkpoints after the boss and then you've got like um, classic arrange which is more kind of like a a modern feel where you only get one life but then um, you check one after every level so it's a bit like Super Meat Boy or something like that where you're just fighting to get that level complete and then you're on to the next level that makes sense. Yeah, I haven't really uh, played it that way. I've been going back to the first wave to do the try and do the score thing because obviously leaderboards are there and I need to maximise the score. That's but um, I will fight through and do all the uh, levels uh, shortly. The other one that really made me laugh last night when I played it was the um, super fast mode. Awesome so you've mode. got like, full speed mental nightmare mode. I love that mode. That was um, the guy who did my music, Jason Heine. He come up with that idea um, he said when he was playing it he, the best fun he had with it was when he was playing 200 was it a double speed on survival yeah. and he was like I just put that in because it's mental I was like okay so I just threw it in there and um, he was right it worked really well 
You don't laugh. It's pretty crazy, yeah. But it, it just another thing is like if you put it to show someone at a show straight away, it's like uh, different. But like you really yeah. notice it at that speed. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, one of those where I think I need to tweak the settings on my thumbsticks because I think they're a bit too twitchy for that mode. But uh, I think ah, we'll get there. I think every control, every control is probably too twitchy for that. Mode. <laughs> <laughs> it is mega fast. Um, also, you've got different uh, display modes to play through the game. I noticed that I explored that a little bit yesterday. So you've got um, one that mimics a CRT with a, a bulging display. You've got one with scan lines. And my personal favourite, the uh, inverted screen one. So the enemies um, are different colours on a white background. That's quite nice. Yeah, I think that's. I think if you might, obviously you like, can't see the colours if you're colour blind. Yeah, that is the most <laughs> biggest problem with making this, especially a colour coordinated game. Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell if there's any. Any of the sprites, all the sprites are the same colour to me, so it's kind of awkward. Yeah, I can see how that'd be a difficulty. You get used to it after a while. It is there to help people. It probably makes it easy if you're not colour blind. Is the game not quite finished yet, Paul? Are we are we close to a release date it's yet? It's very close. The, well, it's just being tested now. We've got some beta testers. Um, just a few of them just messing around trying to break it. But I think the update I sent this morning is done. I think that's it. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so do you know the price point that's going to be released at, or uh, is that to be to be confirmed? Oh, no, no it's uh, $3.99. It's okay, that's that's a good price, actually. That's a bargain, in fact, that's so uh, that'll, that'll get everyone to go and buy it. That's good. We've got 10% off as well on release. All right. And um, also, the soundtrack is available, I think it's $1.99 as well. So- I love the soundtrack as well, because I think with the the graphical style and the, the soundtrack as well it's got very much um, like an Amiga demo scene sort of feel to it yeah yeah that's a great way of putting it and the, the music is um, was so lucky to get Jason on board he just completely emailed me out of the blue and was like oh, yeah. I really like the look of the game um, and do you want to do a collaboration and I was like oh yeah please and then he just started sending me these tracks and they're just like amazing yeah they are fantastic tracks um well, I'm really looking forward to um, seeing how well it does, Paul. I'm sure it'll be selling in droves because it is a fantastic game, and we'll certainly um, I'll convince all the lads um, that I know to buy it, and uh, we'll obviously talk about it on the podcast uh, when we've all had a play of it. We'll, we'll discuss it a bit more, um, and I'll pass it out to the wider community. So uh, anyone who's listened to this, get yourself on Steam, look for Horizon Shift, and buy it. It's a bargain. It's fantastic. Yes, please buy it. Please. <laughs> So, um, I don't suppose you're looking forward to the next game, or is everything uh, in the pot for this one at the moment, or have you got any more little sneaky ideas that you might give us a, a hint to uh, what you're going to do next? Yeah, I've got three plans. I've got Pester's okay. remake. The remake of Pester's next, definitely, because I've got yep. the green light um, to sort out. Then I'm working with uh, a guy in America to make... It's not a game, it's just a, an arcade machine front-end for like indie oh, yeah. games. So you know how MAME is, you've got yes. really cool menus for MAME. It'll be that, but just for indie games. Interesting. And he wants to get other people on board. I don't know how that's going to pan out yet, but hopefully that'll be fun. Um, and then after that, I've got an idea of what I want to do, and it will be mm. similar to Horizon Shift, but um, it'll be like different shapes in the middle, and you have to check that shape. Oh, yeah. yeah you'll have two enemies. No, no sorry, you won't have two. you have two players, one on the left stick, one on the right. And, uh, oh no! Yeah, it's gonna be hard. <laughs> you don't like to do it easy for me, do you? Not as boring, no. I like the idea of splitting your mind up, so you have to think of a couple of things at the same time. 
and I really want to somehow use you know um, Space Draft yep. the bullying in that yep. I want to somehow get something similar to that because I, that's right. the best feeling I've ever had in the game is when you bull all those enemies off I look forward to seeing what you come up with to be honest with you Paul that's years away I thought wow Monday. fair enough so be it we're not going anywhere Monday. but um, if you do have any progress on these things uh, you'll have to let us know and come back on and, and tell us oh yeah because um, you know we love to uh, engage with the indie developers and uh, with people like yourself and uh, Jamie Lowe's and all the other people we've had on um, oh, Jamie was on there Oh, Jamie's been on here a couple of times. He likes to try and sell his little helicopter games oh, and stuff. Brilliant, I love that game. <laughs> He's Top a fantastic light. lad as well. Yeah, Chop and Light, that's the one. That's yeah, just been greenly, hasn't it? Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's worked hard on it, though, and it's fantastic. So he does deserve to be greenly. I love that game. I, thought, as soon as I, I think the first time I, I saw him demo it in uh, Birmingham, and I was like, I've got to buy this so much. I think that was probably the first time I met you, actually, Paul, when we went to one of those little... Um, Indie night things. Uh, I think it was at Cannell Park or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. I think I was showing Pester off. Yes, you were. Yeah. I think I moaned about some of the size of the sprites. But anyway, that's all helped. in the past. You helped a lot, actually. <laughs> well, fair play. Um, right, well, we wish you all the best of luck in everything you do. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll push the word out about Horizon Shift. And, um, yeah, I'll catch up with you soon, Paul. Oh, brilliant. Thanks so much for that. Thanks for having me Thanks, on. mate. Take care. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Cheers.